0: Jcastnetwork.org.
1: Hello and welcome to Daily DAF Differently. My name is Ethan Linden from New Orleans, Louisiana, the home of the Louisiana Daily DAF experience. Today we are learning Psachim the page 47 of Masechet Psachim, and I want to talk about a concept that actually begins uh, on our DAF from yesterday. On, uh, on 46a and then on to 46b, we have this Mishnah, which asks the question, what do you do about challah, separating challah, on a festival day which is in a state of uncleanness? The, the issue is that if it's a festival day and you're talking about Passover and you're talking about challah, the issue is you can't bake the challah because it can't be eaten, because it's uncleaned, um, and therefore the priest can't eat it. And you can't therefore bake it on the festival day, because you're only supposed to prepare food on a festival day that is going to be eaten on the festival day. And since this challah is unclean, it can't be separated. But you can't keep it until the evening and then cook it, because there's a concern that in the time that you are leaving it, it will uh, it will become leaven and therefore... Uh, you will be in violation of the rules of Pesach. You also can't get rid of it. You can't throw it to the dogs or destroy it because you can't destroy food that has been uh, made sacred on a festival day, on on a day of uh, a Chag. So therefore, the problem that we have all of a sudden is that we don't have anything to do with this challah that we have separated. And so the, the Mishnah comes up with a couple of different answers. Rabbi Eliezer says that just don't call it challah until after you bake it. That is, normally you separate the challah and then you bake uh, the bread or the matzah. But in this case, what you would do, according to Rabbi Eliezer, is that you would separate it. You, you wouldn't separate it out. You would, in fact, bake it. And then you take all the matzah that you've baked and you put them together, and then one of them uh, becomes the, the challah. And, and you do that because this way you solve the problem of uh, leaving it over and, and it potentially becoming leaven, but you also solve the problem of cooking something that you can't eat on the festival because you haven't called any of them challah yet, and then you only call it challah after it's cooked. So, uh, Ben Beteira then comes and says, no, just, you know, just stick the, the, the challah in cold water. That is, you separate it out before the baking process, like always, but then you stick it in cold water and, and therefore it won't become uh, fermented. It won't become chametz. So, then we get Rabbi Yoshua, who actually comes in and says something very interesting. He says, Um, zehu chametz. Shemuz harin alav beval yira'e, Rabbi Yoshua says, you know, this this type of chametz, this is actually not the kind of chametz that the Torah uh, was was warning us about regarding the prohibitions of you shall not see it and you shall not find it. That is, this is not the kind of challah that the the kind of sorry the kind of uh, chametz that is prohibited. It's just it's it's not in fact, an issue. And so he says, you just separate it out like you normally would um, right before you bake it. You put it aside. And then he says, look, if it, uh, if it ferments, if it becomes chametz, then it becomes chametz. No, no big deal. It's not a problem. This is not what the Torah was talking about. And so the Gemara wants to know, on 46b, the Gemara wants to know, why are they disagreeing and what they decide is that Re- what Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi yoshua are in fact disagreeing on is this concept of ho'il, since. This concept of ho'il. So according to the Gemara, Rabbi Eliezer says, ho'il, since, if at some point this person wanted to revoke the designation of challah, it would become his property again. Which is why, for Rabbi Eliezer, we need to worry about that separated challah. And therefore, for him, what we need to do is bake everything so that we don't have a problem with having chametz in our possession on Pesach. Because, according to Rabbi Eliezer, since it's possible, there's a theoretical possibility that the person could revoke the designation of challah and therefore bring this thing into his possession, which could become chametz on Pesach, we worry about that, and therefore we change the standard process for taking challah. But Rabbi Yoshua, according to our Gemara, does not hold by since. That is, he does not worry about ho'il. He doesn't worry about these sorts of theoretical possibilities. We don't worry about the problem of this man or woman potentially withdrawing the designation of challah, and therefore taking this piece of potential chametz back into his possession on Pesach. And this concept of ho'il, this concept of how much do we worry about theoretical possibilities, or how much do we allow theoretical possibilities to influence our decisions, covers much of the, the DAF 47, which we learned today. And there are several different permutations of it on our duff, but they all come back to this same question of do we consider the hoel? Do we consider the possibilities of various things happening? Or, put another way, the possibility of certain violations actually being not violations, because what we did could be perceived as something different. So, for example, on the bottom of 47A and the top of 47B, we get this uh, case of somebody who plows land, and in that single act of plowing, you could potentially, depending on if you do it really wrong, be liable for eight different prohibitions that you violate. So for example, according to the Gemara, if you, if you plow with an ox and a donkey together, and those oxes and donkey were, were hectic, were sacred, uh, and what you plow is uh, mixed seeds in a vineyard, and it's the Shemitah year, the seventh year, and it's a festival, and you're a priest and a Nazarite, and what you're plowing over is unclean ground, if you do all of those things, if that all situation obtains, you would be liable for all all of those eight prohibitions. You'd be liable for putting an ox and a donkey together. You'd be liable for uh, using sacred animals, and so on and so forth. But the challenge is that if we allow this idea of ho'il, Right? If we allow for the possibility of this notion of sins, so here's one way that you might not be liable for all of those things, says the Gemara, maybe you shouldn't be considered liable for plowing on the festival at the very least because perhaps by plowing that land you've actually done something that's not prohibited on the festival which is prepared the land for covering up the blood of a bird sacrifice and that according to when you slaughter a bird you have to cover up the blood according to uh, Vayikra 17 so Ho'il right since that is possible maybe you shouldn't be liable for eight violations but only for seven violations. The other ones we can't ho eel you out of, but, but if ho eel is an issue uh, that we hold by, then maybe the, the issue of plowing on the festival should be set aside. And, and it goes on like this throughout most of the Duff. And it's a really fascinating sort of legal question that they're asking, which is how much are we influenced in our decision-making by things that could happen, by possibilities. So, for example, back to our Mishnah case, by the possibility that the person might revoke the designation of challah on the thing that he's set aside and therefore bring it back into his possession. And over the course of the day, it becomes chametz, and therefore he has chametz in his possession. And Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Yoshua have a different position on whether we worry about that. And in the case that we just discussed about the plowing of the field and the eight different prohibitions, maybe really it's only seven prohibitions. Ho'il since the plowing on a festival might have actually been for something that you were allowed to do. And it's a really interesting problem as we think about the way we evaluate people's decisions and the way we construct a legal system. How much give should we provide for these sorts of potential events, for these sorts of possibilities, or should we design a system that is, has actually very little give, that is a little bit more rigid, and we say we just don't worry that much about things that probably aren't going to happen. I don't know the answer, but neither does the Gemara, so I feel like I'm in good company. Thank you very much, and I will possibly